The Great Void. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is uh, episode 5 of The Great Void. It's gonna be a very spectacular episode featuring the great Adam from uh, the great Slovakian band Mało Karpatan. He's gonna be my guest today. They're really amazing. They're gonna release their new album in a few days. They're gonna go on tour, so we'll be talking to Adam about the new album, the concept and the tour. But the main focus of this episode is going to be Eastern European and particularly Czechoslovakian heavy black speed trash metal in the late 80s, early 90s. So there are gonna be some pretty cryptic bands mentioned, some pretty nice music uh, played. So let's find out uh, what's all the fuss about. So uh, Adam, thank you, uh, thank you for uh, being here. Thank you for uh, taking part in uh, the Great Void. Uh, this is episode five of our uh, fine little podcast, and uh, this time. We are gonna be uh, concentrating on uh, your music with Mavo Karpatan and mm -hmm. on uh, the Eastern European uh, black metal, or uh, I should say the old school Eastern European black metal. We are talking uh, late 80s, early 90s, Czechoslovakian scene. Uh, yes. So uh, maybe we should start uh, <coughs> by why do you think this uh, scene is uh, so important? Why do you think it's unique and uh, how it influenced you as a, uh, as a teenager and how it influenced you later when you started writing and recording? Yeah, for me, it's not uh, particularly about this scene. I just think it's important for black metal to not being just a copy of the Norwegian sound, which is the most usual type. Not so much these days. A lot of bands try to sound like, I don't know, Despo Omega, for example, these days. Mm -hmm. But it's it's been like the standard for many, many years. And yeah. I, don't, I don't hate the Norwegian sound. I, it's one of the things I grew up with myself, so I think it's great. But uh, it's kind of lazy to repeat it and when you're from some totally different part of the world. Uh, I just think it's important for bands to have their own identity in the sound. It's, it makes the music better overall. Mm -hmm. And Czechoslovakia, and generally Eastern Europe, but Czechoslovakia was one of the places where it was one of the oldest scenes, basically. Even though you can't say it was a big scene like in Norway, but it was just a couple of bands, but we had an own sound back then. Mm -hmm. And then after the Norwegian boom in the 90s, uh, yeah, bands started repeating that. Which, again, I don't have anything against that, but uh, I think we miss a bit of that originality from back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I read in another interview you uh, you had some months ago, you said that uh, before this point of time, like before the explosion of Norwegian black metal, black yeah, metal yeah. was all over the place stylistically. So you could, you could hardly find two bands that sounded the same. I think that's very true. That's very yeah, true. Yeah, I think it's, um, the diversity is amazing. Of course, uh, there's many factors. Uh, one of those being that uh, it was still uh, very young music. Metal generally was kind of young. And uh, there was not so many bands like it is today, so that that kind of helps you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you think that uh, uh, you know Eastern European uh, black metal and metal in general was so interesting uh, back then because it uh, drew inspiration from uh, you know local legends, local history, and not mm -hmm. so much from uh, you know 
particularly from Satanism or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Well, there was Satanic lyrics, that that's the basics of black metal. Yeah. Or, or at least connected. It doesn't have to be uh, literally that, but yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, for example, yeah, Master's Armor, totally, uh, they're totally their own thing. Like, nobody sounded like them. And yeah, it's funny that actually Norwegian black metal sounds a lot like them. And also, <laughs> ter- also Tormentor from Hungary. It's like when you mix old Master's Armor and Tormentor, you kind of get the Norwegian sound plus battery, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, like uh, w- when when talking about Eastern European bands, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, think Root, Master's Hammer, Tormentor, of course, but uh, the bands that you chose uh, for our little episode here are uh, very cryptic bands, at least for, uh, you know, guys like me and uh, particularly for guys in Western Europe, I guess. That yeah, uh, yeah. A, a lot Some of those, them even here. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those bands are pretty much unheard of. So um, now, now we're gonna t- talk a bit about them, and we'll start with uh, with a bunch of bands that are from your home country. Mm. And uh, can can you tell us uh, something particular about the about the Slovakian scene uh, in the late '80s, early '90s? Yeah, well, back then we were we were of course still Czechoslovakia, so you can just view it as one big scene basically. But uh, most of the bands it was mostly in Czech Republic. We didn't have that much going on here, and we were also a bit later on on the whole thing than than Czechs were. But yeah, uh, yeah, and Czechs had when it comes to black metal, they had the those uh, basic three bands everyone probably knows: Root, Masters, Amateur. But uh, in Slovakia, there was not much happening at all. So we had the first band, at least that I know of, I don't know, there might be something that was before, but I haven't heard of anything else, is this first band I picked up, uh, Necrotos. Mm-hmm. And they're actually not very known even here in Slovakia, because yeah, they just made uh, about three demo tapes and then some kind of remix of the old songs in the late 90s. That was their last thing they did. And they just played up. Uh, uh, they're often also regarded as more as trash metal because of you know again the Norwegian factor. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for me, it's, for me, it's black metal. Uh, it's, it depends on the atmosphere and lyrics. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yep. So an obscure band even for our country. I don't know why. It just never got very popular. And it took me forever to get their stuff. Actually, <laughs> so it's not easy to. I have one friend who has like a collection of everything that ever came out in Czechoslovakia. Yeah, he's obsessed uh, with the band. Yeah. I yeah, get it. <laughs> he's, he's one of the few who has <laughs> probably some friends of theirs. It's a shame that it isn't even on YouTube or anywhere. But uh, you know this, maybe you know this channel. Yeah, I also send you links. This uh, Heavy Metal of Eastern Block channel. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's they a are, great thing. Yeah, very educational. Yeah. It's actually young guys from Czech Republic. At least those I spoke to. I don't know how many of them are. But they have this Necrotos tape. So uh, yeah, I hope maybe one day they will upload it. Yeah, maybe reissue it, I don't know, with some lavish design and uh, into a box or whatever. I guess Nuclear War now, the Yosuke guy would probably like it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess he does so. those sort of things. Yeah, uh, have you seen them live? No, no, no. Uh, kind of before my time. Uh, ah, I'm all right, born, yeah. You were I'm too young the, there. Yeah, I'm born in the 80s, so first time I was kind of allowed to go to a gig was like late 90s. All right, all right. So uh, you picked this uh, track that's called Necromantia, and yep. uh, yeah, uh, as you said, it's not available pretty much anywhere. 
maybe some pirate uh, torrents or whatever. I'm not sure yeah. about them either. But Probably uh, some bizarre Russian sites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. There. I know a few. I know a few. Yeah. Like uh, they're. Uh, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I like buying my music, but mm -hmm. uh, about obscure stuff like the pirate Russian sites are the best. Like you can find uh, everything there. Like bootlegs. Yeah. Sometimes even the bands themselves don't have it anymore, so you've got to get it somewhere. <laughs> okay, uh, so now we're gonna play this uh, little track from uh, mm -hmm. Necrotos called Necromantia. Yeah. 
Yes, okay. Sir. Okay. So cool. So so we can uh, continue after uh, after Necrotos and uh, their tr 1991 track Necromantia from the demo Fire and Ice. We're gonna continue with something else. Something else uh, from uh, Bratislava. It's mm -hmm. uh, Cerberus. Yeah, yep. can, can you tell us a bit more about that uh, track and band? It's also yeah. early 90s, 91, yeah. I don't even know that much myself. It's, it's like ultra obscure band. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I, I just... Uh, it, few people had it like uh, dub tapes or whatever. It was circulating. And then finally this uh, channel I mentioned, the Eastern Heavy Metal channel, they uploaded the whole thing. Uh, they have a weird story, like they had the album recorded and it was supposed to be out on, uh, I think maybe Opus label, I'm not sure, but one of those labels that were putting out metal stuff in the early 90s here after the regime change and, you know, things getting more liberal with, with this music. And I've heard several versions, but I think the label dropped them or something, like they lost interest. And uh, there was even some weird story with the fluting of the label's factory. And it was either like they had the physical LPs there, or it was just the LP jackets. That's the more usual version I heard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's, it's like a never released album at all. <laughs> so uh, very I, obscure again. Very obscure. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but I'm not sharing it because it's obscure. Uh, I, I just think it's really great album. Yeah. It's basically like I don't know, power, speed, trash metal. All of those 80s elements are there. Yeah. But it has a very dark atmosphere. And uh, it's also a concept album, which is something I really like. And yeah, also our new album is a concept, so it's kind of linked. Yeah, but it's uh, it's about the Trojan War, right? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's not about, you know, Bratislava and ghosts uh, around yeah, the no, city. No. Yeah, It's not black metal, but it uh, some parts really give me this black metal vibe, so I really like it. <laughs> I right. actually got, uh, I got contacted by one German guy, like he really wants to release this as a vinyl. Okay. But, uh, I couldn't get him any contacts. Uh, I, I might try. <laughs> I, I, one of my, I have a friend who he said he know he knew their singer and he said he died or something like that. <laughs> so so very cool. Yeah. So yeah. very cool. Yeah. Maybe one day this German guy <laughs> puts it out. Yeah, I hope so because uh, from from all the tracks that we discussed previously and that mm -hmm. you sent me, uh, all of them sound pretty interesting. Some some of them sound uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, we're gonna go to the to the one that uh, absolutely blew blew my mind later. But mm -hmm. uh, but all of them are really nice because they really have the vibe you talk of. Mm -hmm. uh, they have the vibe. They have uh, you know this kind of uh, raw power. Uh, to yeah. them, yeah, and that's something to admire because, like, uh, right now everything is so polished, and mm -hmm. uh, like most releases are very polished and you know, for me, kind of lifeless. But that's, uh, uh, for me, that's always a battle with the sound engineers, they loved polished things, yeah, <laughs> even, yeah. uh, even those who uh, have like underground roots, but they still do this. <laughs> a lot of them they <laughs> like things to be nice. <laughs> All right, so now we're gonna hear uh, Troiska Vojna. Uh, is it pronounced like that? Yeah, perfect. Okay, <laughs> Troiska Vojna from uh, Cerberus, uh, another track from 1991 from Bratislava. <laughs> I, should maybe, I should maybe also point out uh, the whole album is like one long track. All right. And, and uh, this YouTube channel, they kind of divided it into different segments. All right. So, so this is like the first segment, but it's just one long track. Oh, so, all right. So, so very, very conceptual, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of unique because, I don't know, 
who did that. Yeah, Raj had the long song. The, in metal, usually it's Edge of Sanity, Crimson, like the what people talk about when it comes to one long song as an album. But this was before. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, funny, funny that it was in Slovakia of all places. <laughs> cool. So, so uh, pretty inventive guys in Slovakia back then in Bratislava. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I also heard some stories like during their live shows they had some uh, castle thing <laughs> built up on the stage. All right. Great. So right, the, that must have been a sight to behold. I, I yeah, read yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, we're gonna hear the Troiska Voina now.
Okay, so now we can go to the next track. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, from all the tracks Adam sent me uh, beforehand and uh, that we discussed, uh, there was one in particular that really blew me away because it reminded me of so many other uh, Eastern European bands and uh, it reminded me of their best features. It's uh, the band Tudor. It's, ah, yeah. uh, it's uh, uh, another early 90s band. It's from, uh, from the Czech Republic, it's from Pilsen. And it's called, uh, and the track uh, and the album is called Bloody Mary. It's uh, another concept album, I guess. It is, yep. They actually started in late 80s already. Uh, you can hear they're influenced by Thor a lot. Not so much on this album anymore. This album is kind of uh, unique. But yeah, they were one of those bands influenced by Thor. We were back then even kind of bigger here than Master Zammer, I would say. Master Zammer were more like a foreign favorite. Mm-hmm. Were, Thor were really influential because they were the first with all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, people, some people know Tudor the demo stuff because uh, before mentioned, Yosuke uh, Nuclear War now he did some kind of re-release thing mm-hmm. with it. Uh, I like the demos myself, but uh, I think this album is really, really special. Like you said yourself, I'm so uh, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, uh, it is. It's like yeah, it's. It's very traditional, it's like black metal with its strong heavy metal roots, the way it was done in these usually. But it's also experimental, I would say. But yeah, it shows you like you can be both traditional and experimental at the same time. Yeah, and and it's very atmospheric. It uh, it's yeah, telling yeah. a story. It's it's very nice. I, I really liked it. Like I listened to it like five times. It's it's really great. Uh, it, it's something that I really missed. Uh, from the from the scene because uh, throughout the years I've been stumbling upon decent death from the Eastern European scene, but mm-hmm. it's really uh, great when uh, uh, when I talk to guys like you who experienced it, uh, you know, firsthand, who were there, who you know got the, the tapes, got the CDs or whatever, and uh, you know you get to learn so much from uh, from guys from uh, you know Hungary or the Czech Republic or Slovakia mm-hmm. who were there and uh, you know were uh, getting excited by all the all these bands that probably few other people heard of, I don't know, outside of their uh, you know region. Yeah, I was really young back then, just a little kid, but I have an older brother, he's like seven years older, and through him and his old friends, uh, that's how I got in touch with all this. All right, all right. So they influ- uh, did they influence you and, uh, you know, develop your taste for uh, this kind of black metal, old school heavy metal stuff? Uh, not not too dark, but uh, actually this album I was listening to a lot before making our new album, so it definitely influenced that one. All right, but, uh, cool. Yeah, uh, when it comes to me, yeah, I started with basically local bands, uh, classic heavy metal stuff from Czechoslovakia, and then it was like instantly there was also dead metal all of a sudden on the. Uh, I don't know if you had it in Bulgaria, probably not the Polish. Uh, bootleg tapes <laughs> that was the big thing here oh we we, we had some we had some oh, okay. I, I, don't, I don't think oh, we had we some. had a like a wave of them but we got some of mm-hmm. them we got some stuff from you know the ukraine and yeah mm-hmm. but uh, i don't i don't think we got all of it it was just this and that uh, someone happened to bring it or sell it or something like that yeah so at, at the time i only heard a number of those bands uh, i liked it but uh, then it was it was really fast development like then we discovered the norwegian thing for example and uh, i was still a very very young kid so that was extremely fascinating to me 
And uh, yeah, it actually took me some years to really get into these other bands, uh, especially nowadays when I think of uh, how different they were back then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the world. I kind of uh, some of them I only understood with age, I would say. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, like uh, some Masters Hammer um, albums are an acquired taste. Like uh, actually, Ma- Masters Hammer were one of those I always liked because it, it was similar to what I was listening already. Uh-huh. But for example, yeah, Roots took me some time to really get them. Yeah, they're weird. They're weird, yeah. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, okay, now we're gonna hear the tale of uh, Bloody Mary as told by Tudor. Really atmospheric stuff. Really great. <laughs>
Continue our uh, conversation with something, well, with something, with something else that's very rare, I guess. It's uh, mm. it's from a great split that I first heard of uh, when you pointed it, uh, but uh, it seems to be a great split, 1990 split between Master's Hammer, VAR, <coughs> Depustrol, yes, Morior, Ferrat, Kabat. Uh, most of these bands uh, I haven't heard before, of course, uh, you know, Master Summer, everyone knows them. Mm -hmm. But uh, can you tell us something about this split? Maybe it was uh, very influential, was it? Yeah, it was like, a, I would call it a sampler, I guess is the name, mm -hmm. or, com or compilation. All right. Uh, it's not very known abroad, but yeah, it, I would say it was influential. A lot of the older guys who back then we're into it we had this one and there was also another one called dead metal session mm -hmm. uh, which also had the uh, yeah the usual bands like Rooter, and then had some very local stuff which people abroad don't know but yeah this ultra metal also for me was important uh, it was one of the first metal uh releases i ever heard all right like i said i have this older brother and he bought it uh, in i think it was probably 92 back then all right so it was on cassette then Yeah, yeah, uh, it it was also on CD and I think also on vinyl. All actually. right, cool. but, uh, but we had a tape version back then. It was all about tapes. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember we, those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially in Eastern Europe, uh, tapes were a big thing. <laughs> yeah, and they're getting back in uh, back in fashion. Like mm -hmm. uh, there are guys now producing tapes, selling tapes. You know, uh, you know. Of course, some of them are selling selling tapes for uh, insane amount of money. I have no idea why. 
Yeah. And it's also a trend among young people, like in America, people who are in their early 20s. And yeah, they, yeah, this thing tapes exist. <laughs> <laughs> They're discovering them for the first time, yeah. Probably some kind of hipster thing, yeah, I guess. But uh, it's good that they still exist. <laughs> yeah, I have of a course. Lot of, uh, nostalgic sentiments towards tapes. Yeah, I do yeah. too. I do too. Yeah, no, anyway, I picked up this band called Morior from the Ultra Metal. Yeah, and you, and you have to and you have to say uh, what the name of the truck is because I can't pronounce it for the yeah, yeah. life of me. It's a thermonuclearny yatka. All right, all right. It means something like thermonuclear massacre. All right. Like uh, cool. Yeah, not very deep lyrics, just basic <laughs> metal stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I remember back then I actually liked this band more than Master's Hammer <laughs> when I was a kid. All right. And they never really made it. They had like uh, two demo tapes. They had some gigs. They were popular, but yeah. Around the time they were supposed to do a uh, full length, they just played up because of some personal issues or something. And then they came back in 2000, whatever year it was, eight maybe or mm -hmm. six. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, they were old farts. <laughs> 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 Didn't have the same uh, fire in them anymore. So it all, again went nowhere. Yeah. So it's like a cold local favorite, but not many people abroad know it. But I think it's really good stuff. And these two songs on the sample are, I think, the best they ever did because they're the most atmospheric and. The, they give me uh, this strong black metal feeling. The, their demo stuff is a bit more trash metal vibes than this. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's uh, like uh, we said uh, in the beginning of this episode. It was uh, an, an interesting time because it was really fluid. Like uh, mm -hmm. these days, everyone's like trash metal or black metal. But back then, it was you know all over the place. People it's were like playing kind of music that you just couldn't define. It's like, I don't know, Possessed or Necro that you, you can say it's thrash metal, you can say it's black metal, you can say it's dead metal, you're right with all the three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay, let's, uh, let's have a listen to Morior. Thank you. 
so after uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to read it thermonuclearni yatka all right yeah, something like good. that something pretty like good. that yeah Almost all right correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay so after the thermonuclear massacre uh, we move on with uh, with something that's uh, not even uh, really a black metal band. Uh, yeah, sure. It's uh, it's more of a traditional heavy tune from a, a band called Citron. Is it Citron or Citron? Citron with a Citron. So. All right, yeah. Citron. So what's what's special about them? Uh, I I liked uh, the cover art of the album because it's very pagan. It has uh, uh, Radagast on it. So it's yeah. uh, it's a pagan deity, and uh, yeah, it looks really cool. You know, you basically nailed it. Why I picked it because they were the first band to sort of uh, first band in here. I mean, to incorporate those themes in heavy metal back then. Yeah, you know, it was before Battery or anything, and uh, that kind of inspires me. Yeah, yeah they have some lyrics. Uh, they have lyrics like uh, cheesy ballads on the album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two of them, but among them, they have also lyrics about. Uh, this being, for example, yeah, in the song it's called Blut, maybe in Bulgarian I have similar word, mm-hmm. something like phantasm or delusion, mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. uh, forest being that lures you into the forest and plays with your senses. All right. So, so that's similar to to what we sing about, uh, especially on North Carpatenland, the previous album, we had similar themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's special about the band, yeah, they were one of the first metal bands ever in Czechoslovakia, they started in the 70s already. I think early 70s actually, yeah, they were really old guys. And they started as hard rock back then and they released the first heavy metal album in the country. Uh, their debut album was 83, but it was still like more hard rockish. Mm-hmm. And they had another album in 86 that was pretty much full blown heavy metal. And the one we will play is the third one, which is their most popular and I would say also most unique. They had this new singer called Ladiak Sizek. Mm-hmm. It was also in a number of other bands, but yeah, it's just locally known stuff. It's, but yeah, yeah, actually, he was on a. I can't remember which album. He did some backing vocals for Running Wild. That's an interesting thing about him. Whoa, cool! Uh, like in the eighties or later on uh, in the nineties? Uh, I think late eighties or early nineties. I can't remember which. All right, album. that's cool. That that's some nice info there. <laughs> yeah, I would have to check which album it was. But yeah. All right, no. all right. So uh, this track uh, is uh, kind of. Um, maybe the rudimentary type of uh, you know folk horror stuff that uh, you strive for when uh, composing uh, music for, with Mavo Karpatan, right? Yeah, yeah, it was the first band here that uh, touched upon those themes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and um, the track is called Honna Bluda. Uh, yes. what, what, how does it translate? We understood uh, what Bluda is, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, blood is yeah, this forest yeah. spirit sort of thing, and it means something like a hunt for blood. Uh, uh-huh, they're, like, all right. they're hunting for the creature. All right, all right. So really fantasy themed there. All right, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. So let's get back to 1987 with some classic heavy metal from Ostrava. Oh, <laughs> 
All right. All right. Cool. So uh, I think now we can move to uh, the you know the second part where we talk mm-hmm. about uh, Mavo Karpatan and uh, you know the new album because it's uh, it's coming uh, in uh, you know we record this in uh, late February so it's coming on March 20th right the third Mavo Karpatan album I actually saw like three <laughs> different days uh, all right but I think the correct one should be March 21. 21st, all right. 21st of uh, March. Yeah, yeah 21st. I still might be wrong, but yeah. Yeah, but something <laughs> like that, yeah. You know, late March, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, I surely am. Uh, and uh, first thing I have to ask you about it uh, mm-hmm. is, of course, the cover art, because you always have this uh, absolutely great, stupendous cover art. Oh, and uh, yeah, now, now you have one too. It has a lot of uh, elements. Uh, I know there are probably Easter eggs there, you know, hidden messages. But uh, you, Some, yeah. uh, you, you have one central figure there. And it's uh, and it's a thing that here in Bulgaria and probably in the region, you know, Macedonia as well, we call that kuker. Uh, uh-huh. I know people in the uh, in Austria and Germany call that percht. Uh, but how do you call it in uh, Slovakia, and uh, what does it stand for? Uh, it, it's a devil figure, basically. All right. Uh, we we say chert, which is also short in. Uh, yeah. Russian and also Czechs have chart and uh, Polish people too. Uh, Polish people say chart. Mm, yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, yeah, what I want to say. Oh yeah, kukeri. That, that's really interesting phenomenon. We, we have that too in Slovakia. We don't call it the same way. There is like uh, different names for those figures. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we had those on the debut album actually on the Strijedni. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially yeah on the cover, but also inside of the booklet. This is a bit different. It's just, uh, yeah, it's meant to be a devil. That's not really any deep metaphors behind that. Mm-hmm. But there, like you said, there are some Easter eggs in the artwork. But I would like to people to find themselves basically. Uh, I would maybe just mention that he holds this uh, lamp, sort of lantern, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's something important. All right, all right, and um, uh, you know, from all the interviews I've read, uh, you know, uh, previously conducted by other uh, zines and media with you, I mm-hmm. I'm left with the impression that you that you really like reading, uh, you know, uh, books about folklore. Uh, probably some of them are even scientific, uh, you know, investigations about uh, local traditions in uh, in the region. Uh, was that something that uh, you got interested in t- uh, from a young age? Yeah, for me it was a uh, kind of went hand in hand. I, I was was interested in paranormal and uh, everything unusual, everything we don't know about much. And that kind of goes beyond the scope of science and all that. So yeah, it's just natural for me to think about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the the new album is uh, also has a very local concept. It's, uh, it talks about 17th century legends about witches, probably witch hunting. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was basically I, a lot of it I took directly from a book. Uh, it was released in the late 70s in here. Mm-hmm. And it, that book has like direct uh, trans, uh, transcriptions from uh, 17th century chronicles from this uh, town called Krupina. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had several witch cases here at the time, uh, early modern period. That was like all over Europe back then, almost all over Europe. Uh, it wasn't really different uh, to, I don't know, Germany or other or Spain. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
uh, I just yeah, we always use local inspirations. So I picked the case because yeah, nobody ever did anything with it with the team. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, a lot of, sorry, a lot of the lyrics are basically taken verbatim from the from the confessions of the from the interrogations back then. Cool, cool. That sounds really interesting. And uh, while uh, you know preparing uh, for the recordings and you know uh, composing stuff, do you go to the place itself? Like, did you go to that uh, to that town just to you know get some of the local atmosphere or see the rocks uh, and or the places where these uh, things happen back in yeah, the yeah. 17th century? Yeah. We had we made this uh, trip to the place where which you can also see on the artwork. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Krupinska Bralce. It's like Krupina, Krupina rocks, basically. And there, yeah, it's a place with many stories about it. It actually it's not directly related to the uh, historical story, but I, I added bits of my own uh, fiction into the album, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, some of those were uh, centered around this place because I just really like the magical vibe it has. And it's it's some kind of andesite uh, stone formation, like a uh, volcanic rocks thrown out uh, in some immor- immemorial time, really mm-hmm. really back in the past. And uh, they, there is a part where it's supposed to be like ancient writings. Uh, yeah, but uh, some people say it's just uh, done by nature. I don't know. I don't have an opinion myself. Mm-hmm. Could be that. Could be real. I don't know. And, uh, some uh, people have studied it, and it seems to be like. If it would make sense, then it would be like a mix of uh, uh, Celtic and Slavic culture, right. the writing, but, uh, which would make sense. Is it runic writing or...? Uh, no, or? no, it's like uh, something like Celtic, but uh, it's strange, like it doesn't resemble the usual Celtic writings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's where the Slavic part would be. But it's it's hard to say, it could be just coincidence of nature. All right, all but right. I re- I really like the vibe of that place. So we went there directly. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere, so I had a great feeling, mm. and it reinforced uh, the the whole album story in me. When going to the actual place. All right, and uh, do you that up? Uh, do you do that often when you when you write a, a new track or a new album? Like go to the places and uh, you know try to get the inspiration from them. Yeah, sometimes it depends. Sometimes not. Sometimes yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, for next album, uh, yeah, I can't say it <laughs> because it might change. So you're I writing a next album already? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I have a again a concept and it's uh, based on personal visitations of some places. Yeah, okay. I, I can say more because maybe it will be something else and it will be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. And uh, I was thinking um, uh, you're the mastermind of the band, that's uh, that's clear, but uh, are the other guys into, you know, uh, folk stories and uh, this type of uh, folk horror uh, stuff or is it just you? Uh, most of them to some extent. Uh, I write all the music and lyrics, so it's uh, my work, but yeah, the the guitarist and the drummer, they have their own band, Algor, maybe you heard of it. It's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I checked them out, yeah. It's uh, one of the, I would say, few good <laughs> black metal bands from here. I don't, it's more like a pagan metal, I would say. Uh, they don't really have satanic elements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and they have, for example, on their last album, there are it's influenced directly by Mirza Eliade. I don't know the exact pronunciation. The, the yeah. Romanian uh, uh, writer. Yeah, yeah, I know him very well. I have like ten books at least. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
so they also have these interests uh, but yeah in our band it's just me making everything and they have their own uh, outlets to for their own creativity all right all right and uh, another thing i wanted to ask you is uh, you know we've only heard uh, one track uh, so far but it's uh, It's the. It reminds me of, uh, of course, of a lot of other Mavokar Patent tracks, but it's kind of different. Maybe uh-huh. it's um, because of you mentioned somewhere that uh, uh, 70s prog rock uh, was kind of an inspiration for the new tracks. Uh, maybe yeah. that that's why they sound kind of different, more atmospheric. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I just like making uh, each album to be its own thing. I don't like when bands like, I don't know, Dark Funeral, you can put on any album and it always sounds the same. Yeah. Uh, it, it maybe works for Motorhead, uh, that kind of music, but uh, I hate it when it's uh, when it's just repeating yourself forever. So, uh, unfortunately, it kind of comes to me naturally because I'm always, uh, I have some obsessive uh, listening binges to some certain type of music or I'm obsessed by some concept and whatever I'm thinking at the time it will reflect in the album so I oh. hope uh, it will last for some time so I, so I don't repeat myself too much yeah and uh, this time it was uh, 70s prog rock it's one of my favorite types of music uh, I got into it when I was I don't know teenager probably mm-hmm. uh, for me it has a certain meeting points with black metal like uh, songs not having uh, traditional structures more like a narrative uh, approach like something of an evolving story uh, when you take for example even the Norwegian bands like I don't know first two satirical albums it, it doesn't really have much of a structure it's just one part another part another part another part it just always takes you someplace else next mm-hmm. so that's something I really like and it's one of those things that the, those two genres uh, share all right all right so yep. this time around I just yeah that's what I was my feeling was like i should do this this time around uh, next album again it will be something different all right and are, uh, do you plan any eps because uh, your eps uh, are really interesting because they're more experimental they're kind of an uh, you know detour from the uh, more uh, i shouldn't say traditional sound of mavokar patent because it's mm. not really traditional but the eps are interesting always excellent yeah i think it's a good format for that but I'm a very much a album oriented guy mm-hmm. so yeah it might happen it might not uh, at, the, at the moment I'm don't really have any plans right. but I I could imagine something I would do as EP because I always have some extra inspiration for uh, concepts All right. uh, probably just an album next time okay so now we're gonna we're gonna listen to the to the first track uh, that you released uh, from the new album it also has a very long name that i'm gonna butcher probably so you probably have to say it yourself filippo jakubska notch not uh, i can pronounce the other uh, the, the really long name of the rocks yeah na stangarigowski skalach uh-huh, yeah, yeah. stangarigo actually comes from german language uh It's like uh, some words in Slovak are influenced by German All minorities right. here from the past. All right. And uh, is, 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 it, is this the Valpurgisnacht on the rocks? 
Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. It's, okay. It's a local local name for it. Philip Philip Jacobs was like a the night from a, when the Philip name is in the calendar, and then it's a Jakub like Jacob on the other day. All right. It's All right. Cool. So let's listen to that uh, very enjoyable and uh, very atmospheric track. I really liked it. I, I'm kind of hyped for the album. So uh, let's uh, let's hear the first outtake from the album.
Alright, so now we, we can uh, continue and actually end this uh, really nice conversation with Decent Debt about, uh, about your plans in, uh, for uh, 2020. I know you have a, a small tour planned with a great band called Coat of Fire uh, yeah, and, and then some other concerts as well. Uh, for my standard, it's a big tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, all right. I, I, I don't like long tours much, so this is like already too much <laughs> for all me. All right. No, I, I'm excited about it because uh, it'll be. We had some small tours before, like three days or four days, uh, but this time it'll be eight days in a row. And then it's like one week pause, and again eight days. So over overall, it's 16, 17 gigs, and we have this uh, like professional tour bus. Which the Cold of Fire guys mm -hmm. uh, came up with, which I'm really glad for. <laughs> yeah. So it should be a nice experience. Uh, yeah, and it starts, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 11th April, and uh, the first gig is Netherlands. Then it goes, it's mostly Western Europe, the first part. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also goes to Slovenia, that's probably the closest to you, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it's, yeah, then it's a break, and the other part is like, Poland, Baltic countries, Scandinavia, and then it finally ends in uh, Germany. Cool, but, cool. But it, the opening gig is in Prague, in Czech Republic. It's like uh, even before all of these, and that's on uh, when the album came, comes out, both ours and Cold of Fire's album, so on March 21 on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And uh, did you have a listen already to the new Cold of Fire? Uh, just the songs they released. I didn't ah, all right, so all right. I, I let them keep the secrets. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I, I'd like to hear it uh, as well. Uh, it, it should be interesting. I don't know. I, I like the cover art and what they've mm -hmm. released so far. But uh, you know, I'm much more looking forward to uh, to the new Malakar pattern, of course. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am really. You know, I, I have to say it because. Uh, uh, I, I uh, stumbled, I literally stumbled upon your band by pure chance. I was just looking through some distros and just saw your first album. I, I don't think I have any friends who have listened to Mao Karpatan beforehand. Like, I, I've been uh, playing uh, your band for them, but beforehand I just stumbled upon it and I really, what got me was the cover art. I was like, this is really cool. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's not in English, so it's uh, bonus points because I always yeah. like uh, stuff that's written in the, in uh, the guy's uh, you know mother tongue because yeah. it's uh, so much more uh, you know unique. So I you know saw the cover art of the first uh, album and I was like I gotta have it. Like it's uh, <laughs> it it looks so good. It probably sounds so good as well. I was totally blown away and I've been a fan ever since. And yeah, good work, guys. Good work. Thank uh, you very much. I think you. Actually, I think you're actually, going in a great direction. Yeah. Many thanks. Yeah, I just want to add, like, actually, one of the very first interviews we did was in Bulgaria, but it was I can't remember the name, unfortunately. Some kind of a very underground black metal type of publication. All right. I, I haven't. Uh, I, I haven't. Uh, you know. Seen that? Never. I have no idea who did it. Yeah, that, it was that's interesting. Back when the first album came out, unfortunately, I forgot the name of design. Yeah, but it was, 
I would dig it out. I would dig it out somehow. <laughs> uh, I, I'll ask around, you know, I, I know most yeah. of the guys here, so I'll ask around, I, I'll see who did it. But uh, yeah, so uh, thank you very much for taking your time and for participating in this uh, episode. Uh, there are probably 1000 more uh, things that I can uh, that I can ask you, uh, especially about folk and folk horror and uh, all those books that you dig in. Uh, because uh, these should be really interesting for me as well, uh, if I could read them as well, because they're probably in uh, Czech and Slovak, most of them. Yeah, sure, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but anyways, I get uh, decent debt about, uh, about uh, the folk culture from your, uh, from your truck, so that's great. So, Adam, thank you uh, once again for taking uh, time to talk to me and uh, really looking forward to hearing the album and probably seeing you live. I will do my best to, to catch you on the road.